the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Welcome to Dreams Not Memes Podcast. Hello everyone, this is another episode of Dreams Not Memes. Today I'm here with my friend Melanie from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Melanie is a baker as well as a therapist, and today we are going to talk about theories of coping and caking with Melanie. How's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm doing very well. So can you tell me what came first, therapy or baking? So therapy came first. I guess I have always grown up. um, I enjoyed helping my mom in the kitchen baking, and I'm one of three. And so if you wanted to like lick the batter, you had to help. So I always <laughs> volunteered to help, but, um, my, yeah, my background is in counseling. And so the baking as a hobby didn't really come in until I was in grad school. I hear you. And can you tell me a little bit about like, how did you get involved in the mental health industry? Yeah. So I grew up in New York city and when I was in high school, I just felt like I was seeing a lot of things going on with my friends. And it kind of felt like there were no adults that we could trust that were around to talk to. And so I had a lot of friends coming to me asking for advice um, with things that I had never dealt with and I didn't know how to deal with. And I just kind of thought there's got to be a better way. There's got to be someone to talk to who cares um, and will listen non-judgmentally. So um I think I I decided while I was still a teenager that I wanted to work with teenagers. Um, I thought I was going to be a nurse, like do pediatric nursing. I can't even pull a splinter out of my own finger. So that was not the right choice for me. Um, But I realized I've just always been passionate about people and getting to know people, understanding them. Um, And so that led to pursuing psychology and counseling. So can you tell me, is there an intersection in your life between, you know, baking and, you know, your therapy work? I don't, I don't know if there's a connection between my therapy work, but I will say I work with young people who don't know how to process their emotions or how to cope with their emotions. Um, and I work in addictions. So I'm dealing with people who are turning to a substance to cope. Um, And so one of the big things that I'm preaching is you have to find a coping skill and you need a bunch. You can't just have one. So for me, and I do share this with clients, baking is one of my coping skills. It's not my only one. When I'm really angry, I don't bake. I'll like go for a walk and clear my head. But when I'm anxious and overwhelmed and feeling sad, um, baking is a big way that I process and cope. And I mean, honestly, sometimes I just Sometimes I have a hard day at work from hearing other people's trauma and pain all day. And so being in the kitchen and doing something creative and doing something with my hands is a really good outlet for me. That's very understandable. I mean, I've always considered food to be an art itself. So, you know, the act of baking and just the unlimited possibilities that you could do with baking, whether it be baking a cake uh you know or you know making a pie or even baking macaroni it's all art and i think instagram's really given us room to like demonstrate that yeah and i i'm sitting all day i'm sitting and i'm talking and i'm listening and so just 
doing something with my hands, um, doing something where I have to follow a recipe and focus on the ingredients so it turns out right. That's a good mental task for me. But then there's the creative piece of um, making something colorful and unique and trying a new technique and not not caring what it looks like, just trying something new to see what happens. Um, it it engages my brain in a lot of different ways that are different than the ways I'm engaging my brain at work. I hear that. And I mean, it's always important to, you know, stimulate the brain with a variety of different activities to reduce cognitive load. So for you, at what moment did you realize like, baking is something that could really help me distress because this is definitely also something you've been doing for a long time. And I mean, some people come to a certain point in their life, like, Hey, this food is therapy to me. Like ramen's therapy for me. Um, but if you asked me if ramen was going to be therapy to me at 18 years old, freshman year of college, I'd laugh at like 32 year old me because it was two different types of ramen. It was bagged ramen you know, out of the cup versus like nice, you know, show you egg with some chashu pork, you know, and seaweed and things like that. So at what moment in your life were you saying, you know, I have my career, now I have my outlet? It very quickly became my hobby and the way I coped with the stress of my job um, a little over three years ago when I graduated. Um, and it mostly, yeah, it was just kind of like a release from work and it was fun. Um, when I think I really realized the therapeutic value was actually, uh, when Brett Kavanaugh was, um, being confirmed to the Supreme court, I was very entrenched in that case and listening to all these women telling their stories and just feeling a lot of feelings, a lot of anger and frustration and just sadness for these women that were um, opening themselves up and saying everything and just being bashed and not believed and their stories being discredited. And it was really hurtful to read that stuff and hear that stuff. And I think in that moment, um, that was a real life current event that I could really connect to the work that I do. Um, because it's really important to me to believe my clients and believe their stories because unfortunately a lot of young people or people in general who have been abused, um, they're shamed, they're victimized, they're not believed. And I just came home from work and was really sad, like felt like I was going to cry. And I had an extra cake layer in my freezer, just like a short little cake. And I was like, I'm just going to make some frosting and put something on a cake. And I just remember like crying while I was in the kitchen making frosting. And I just made this um, simple cake with like black frosting. And I just wrote, I believe you. Um, And I posted that on Instagram. Um, And I didn't even post anything that was blatantly, you know, I didn't say like Brett Kavanaugh sucks or anything. Um, But I just posted something about the importance of believing people, um, believing women, that's very important to me, but just in general, listening to people's stories, respecting them, um, hearing them and believing them. And that really clicked with me that I knew baking was a coping skill, but it could really help me process some of those more complex feelings. 
For our listeners, can we still see that, Kate? Yes, it is on my Instagram, which I will send you the link to. Um, I have become known for using the hashtag say it with cake. And usually it's more snarky than it is serious. But I always say, if you don't have anything nice to say, say it with cake. And that has been a huge way that I've processed a lot of big current events and life feelings. Good to know. And we'll definitely, you know, put that Instagram link in the description. You know, I definitely am glad to learn about your life. So while we won't say things with cake because we're vibing here, let's say things with pie and take a quick pause. Quick message. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Dreams.Memes. Please make sure to follow Dreams.Memes Podcast on your preferred streaming channel or on Instagram at Dreams.Memes Podcast. To support Dreams.Memes Podcast, feel free to contact me at a daywithoutlove at gmail.com for advertising or sponsorship opportunities. Now, let's get back to the show. So can you tell me a little bit about what sort of cakes you like to make? Oh, that's a good question. Um, The cakes that have no rules that I can do whatever I want. And so one of my favorite things is actually making my own birthday cake um, because it's not an order for someone that wants something specific. I can do whatever I want. And so I can do crazy flavors, crazy decorations. I am a more is more kind of person. And I think I exemplify that best with my own birthday cake. So um, just in general, I think kind of the more over the top and colorful and festive, the better. Uh, In general, what I love about making cake for people in my life, like the people that I love is finding things about their personality and their life and connecting that to a cake and giving them something that's really personalized and joyful. And I mean, the best thing about it is you get to share it with people. So um, just anything that's colorful and kind of represents someone, if I can find a way to represent them on a cake, those are my favorite projects. I definitely respect that. And I mean, it kind of almost like matches with the statement that like, you know, art is a reflection of our, you know, reality. Uh, And like your answer really makes me think like, you know, cake is a reflection of our connection with the world. Uh, I know for our listeners, you probably were, you know, thinking I was gonna say something funny, like cake is a reflection of our mistakes, but really like, it definitely sounds like you're using cake as a means to express the self. But on the other end, this is something you shared during our break you don't seem to make pie. And I only made the pie statement as like, we're going to get full circle and, you know, continue our connection here uh, with pie as in, you know, 3.14. Why aren't you good at pie? And what are your feelings on pie? So I don't like to be bad at things. (laughs) Uh, So there's several baking projects that I would love to tackle and get better at. Um, pie is one of them. Pie crust. I'm just so bad at doughs. Like cake is so much easier than dough for me. So rolling out pie crust is hard. I, it tastes delicious. It just does not look pretty. 
And I think making it pretty is honestly kind of my favorite part of baking. I also really hate sugar cookies and it's Christmas time. So that is prime season for sugar cookies. And once a year I make them and feel like I'm losing my sanity. I don't enjoy it. It's not fun. Um, so I've, I've released myself of that this year. I'm like, I am not making sugar cookies. This will not be fun for me. And there is no amount of money that you could pay me to take a sugar cookie order. <laughs> I hear that. And I mean, it's really important that, you know, your uh, cookie boundaries, if you will, you know, some people might not want the snickerdoodle and in your case, anti-sugar cookies. So to everyone listening, no sugar cookies for Melanie. So, you know, getting back to like the therapy component, we have fields like, you know, music and art therapy. I'm not aware if there's a food therapy, despite my background. So if you were to get your PhD and found a strong correlation in like, you know, the creation of food and a mental illness, whether that is depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, PTSD, whatever have you, would you ever take up a shift in your career as being known as like one of the first food therapists? You know, my dad is always like, you know, I know you have a master's in counseling, but cake just makes people so happy. And I feel like you should just do that. Um, yeah, I don't see myself shifting away from working in mental health as my primary focus, but I would love to do more work in that area. I work in a residential setting and I would love to have our clients get to do more hands-on stuff like that and, you know, get to bake. I think there's a lot of value in it. Um, but if I was going to get my PhD and write a dissertation, it would be on the phenomenon of catfishing the people that get catfished, the people who fall for catfishers, that is a dissertation I would read. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. Um, so first on, you know, cake makes people happy. That makes complete sense. I mean, there are plenty of studies that say that uh, the consumption of sugar reduces cognitive load uh, when it comes to like, you know, synaptic connections and, you know, uh, when there's cognitive load, your, your brain's not making those synapses as quickly. So, you know, the sugar, the glucose ties that together with your neurotransmitters. Um, and, you know, the act of baking is much different. And that's, that's what I was alluding to when I, I mentioned food therapy. But catfishing, what led you to that avenue? Is it like, what? Just, I'm going to stop. What? <laughs> I have... You can talk to Kai about this too. We love catfish. I don't, I love stories. I love a good story and the level of delusion that some of these people have that they think, you know, this person they've been talking to for seven years that they've never seen their face or talked on the phone. Like they just are so convinced that it's real. And I think there are certain personality traits that like are more likely to fall for that person. Um, and there are, personality traits of the people that do the catfishing. I'm just fascinated by it. I honestly would love to be catfished. I just am waiting for someone to catfish me so that I can meet Neve and be on the show. Cause I, okay. You're, you're waiting to be catfished. Cause like I've been catfished in many aspects of my life. Like not just like the romantic sexual basis. Like I've been catfished in my musical life. Cause a lot of music is like internet based. 
and you'll be talking to someone, you know, and their name might be something like, uh, you know, Bill Gates, like actually Bill Gates, but like you're not expecting the Bill Gates and their photos might be of a person and then you meet the person in person and they're nothing like what they were on Facebook. And then it always turns out that that booker made up a name and it's never as generic as Bill Gates. Let's say, uh, you know, uh, Gertrude Donahue or uh, Debbie Wilcox, something like that, you know, like slightly like names that sound realistic, but you know, whatever. And you meet the person and then the more you get to know them as you're playing the show, you come to find out that they're like hiding another life. Uh, and it's like they're actually like a felon on the run that the book shows as a means to like get income or like they're hiding their identity because they're actually a teacher, which also makes sense. So like it, it runs the gamut of extremes because the teacher part makes sense because it's like, does do you want your principal finding out that like you have a punk rock life where, you know, illicit drug activities and rock and roll is happening? Probably not. So like apparently this is the time to call yourself like Bob Simpson or something. I'm making these names up on the fly um but like on the felon on the run thing that's another real thing that like happens in the music scene but if you really unpackage all of this you're getting booked a show but you're also being catfished at the same time but you don't you don't like really let it bother you because it's like as long as like i could play the gig and spread my word everything else falls into place and i probably won't ever see bob simpson ever again um Professionally, I think a lot of us get catfished because we we have these emails with online clients and we have an idea of what the client looks like and feels like. And then once you meet the client in real life, and I think, you know, post-COVID, we're really going to get catfished because it's like, after all these Zoom calls, I thought you were, you know, insert physical or behavioral trait here. And the next thing you know, like, they're not who you are. So I'm really interested and seeing like how the show catfish looks, you know, in years to come. I mean, they filmed a whole season in quarantine. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, yeah, I definitely think there's more of this that's going to be happening these days. I I was talking to someone who like wouldn't FaceTime me, and I was like, "You are catfishing me." He wasn't, but I haven't been catfished, so I'm still fascinated by the concept. I would not probably be as fascinated if it had happened to me it's uh it's never as dramatic as the tv show unless of course you've spent seven years of your life like loving this idea of a person but at first it hurts but then it starts getting laughable not as a coping mechanism but more as a wow this person really had to lie about themselves because they're covering up another you know thing and another thing and another thing and another thing and then eventually you get to a point where it's like, none of this is in my control. So that's real. It's definitely real. Um, I'd like to ask, what are some goals that you have in your career as a therapist and or some goals you have in cake making? Um, so right now I'm working on getting licensed as a professional counselor. And that's my main professional goal at the moment um, with my career in mental health. I love working with teenagers. I love program development and I love supervising staff. Um, my background is in mostly residential treatment settings, which is very tough, um, but I really enjoy it. I love that things are always changing. So I don't 
necessarily know what the future holds, but I love working with young people and I love staying in that setting. Um, as far as cake, I, I'm really bad at figuring out what my goals are, um, for this because it's kind of shifted and morphed. But I think for me, the big thing with my little cake side hustle is to just say yes to things and see where that takes me. Congratulations ahead of time of like, you know, pursuing your LPC. That That is what you're pursuing. License, yeah, LPC. Uh, that's a very important license to have in the field. And, you know, I don't think we have enough of them to address the world's problems, to be completely honest with you. But, you know, talking to the cake part of your life, uh, what cake has really, you know, challenged you in, in all of your cake making? That's a good question. Um, so probably the cake that challenged me was the cake that has gotten me the most attention, which was a cake I made just for fun for a Super Bowl party three years ago. Um, Justin Timberlake was performing and I decided that I wanted to do, so there's a, there's a cake account called Drake on cake, which is Drake lyrics on cake. Um, it's, you know, these like very beautiful, intricate feminine cakes with just vulgar lyrics. And I love that contrast. <laughs> um, and then I realized I could do Timberlake on cake and that rhymed. Um, so I put Justin Timberlake lyrics on a cake, which went semi-viral. Um, it was a really fun cake. So in, in a lot of ways it wasn't challenging, but I think that that cake challenged me to think about where I was headed and kind of what my decorating style was going to be. I hate my handwriting and I was, I remember my hand shaking, piping letters. Like I used to not even write happy birthday on a cake. So to have this cake go viral with words on it um that has kind of become my thing like just a, a border and sprinkles and some sassy words and so um I don't know that that's currently a challenge I would say that's probably my comfort zone at this point but that was very uncomfortable to me at the time um but yeah using using my words or someone else's words on a cake has been kind of a fun challenge so tying it all together, any interest in making a please don't be fake cake? And, uh, you know, and speaking about catfish and all. I haven't had a reason to have to make that cake yet. <laughs> um, but yes, I have done, I did a cake that said, um, kiss me through the phone, which was a very, you know, quarantine, social distancing kind of cake. I mean, that 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 is a song and uh, it's a real thing that some of us do at 35 uh, and some of us do at 15. Kissing through the phone is something that people of all ages do. So I'm glad you were able to bridge that, you know, for all and to all a good cake. Uh, it's definitely been a really good time talking to you uh, on Jeeves on Memes. And I'd like to ask, do you have any interest in expanding your endeavors as a cake artist, whether that means being a mentor for someone or, you know, being a cake influencer or anything like that? 
Yes. I, like I said, I, I say yes to everything, um, unless it's sugar cookies. <laughs> um, I say yes to everything that comes my way. I would love to be an influencer. I'm an influencer in my own little world, <laughs> which I'm kind of kidding when I say that, but, um, no, I, I love the idea of content creation and just, um, making what I want to make. And so if there's a market for that, I'm all about it. So I don't, I don't know where it will take me, but, um, it's fun to be a part of this little Instagram baking community and form partnerships and relationships and, um, write silly things in frosting on a cake. And have you made any like partnerships with other bakers or makers or event coordinators in the Chattanooga area? Like, let's talk about that before we start talking about like the Instagram community. Yeah. Um, I have done some work with um, a local organization called the Chattery that they are a nonprofit that focuses on lifelong learning. And so they do a lot of classes. Um, so we've talked about doing workshops with them before. Um, and there are a couple of local bakers that I've gotten to know that, you know, if someone has to cancel an order, someone will swoop in and help. Or, you know, if you've got multiple weddings on the same date, we'll refer to each other. So that's, that's been nice um, locally. And, you know, when I started doing this, mostly it was, I was making cakes for friends. And so now I've got friends of friends reaching out for orders or random people who I've never met that know someone who knows me or people that just found me on Instagram that I have no real life connection to, but it creates a real life connection. Understandable. And like, speaking of those like non, you know, physical connections or what I call digital connections, what has that been like for you as like, uh, a CCC cake content creator, like, has it been something that you always thought was going to happen? Or was it like, you know, once I got my first viral cake post, like, you know, that post that got a lot of views, it just became like, um, you know, a domino effect from there. Yeah, I can't really remember how it started. But I just started looking at what other cake artists were doing and you know liking their stuff and commenting on it and um for a while there were a lot of collaborative events going on so i did a cake it was a everyone did a sprinkle drip cake which is the cakes that have the um chocolate ganache dripping down but you like stick sprinkles in the side um so there have been a couple of things like that where i joined a collab that had maybe 20 people or maybe a hundred people in it. And, um, that can be an overwhelming amount of DMS, but, uh, through that I've made some connections and, you know, I just the other day posted something about some really fun Christmas sprinkles that I got in the mail. And one of my Instagram friends that I've never met commented that she had bought the exact same sprinkle mix. And so we decided we were going to do a collab and use the same sprinkles and do like a Christmassy pop song inspired cake. Um, so it definitely has formed some fun partnerships like that. Um, yeah, I feel like if it wasn't for COVID, I think there, you know, some of these people I would meet in real life and there's, um, like big conventions that I would love to go to someday. 
And have you been to any K conventions in general, or has like the idea of K conventions been like you know that idea was born this like this year in the midst of COVID? Yeah, they're they're newer, um, so I haven't been to any. But that's you know in a post COVID world, I would love to go to a convention in Miami um, and meet some of my Instagram friends in real life, and you know take some classes and go to some workshops and also get to hang out in Miami. <laughs> Miami is a good place. I haven't been there like for tour, but I've been there just like to travel and it's definitely a very good place. Are there any um, dream collaboration projects or like Instagrammers or event coordinators that you've been looking at in your time of, uh, you know, baking that you haven't gotten to work with yet? And can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think there are some big sprinkle companies <laughs> that I would love to work with, which um, probably sounds ridiculous to someone that doesn't bake, but um, I would love to, yeah, do content for some of the big sprinkle companies. Um, Drake on cake, who I mentioned earlier, would probably be my dream collaborator, um, just because I think she has a really fun, unique style. Um, and then... Bon Vivant Cakes in Chicago. I can't remember the name of the woman behind the account, but she just has the most over-the-top cakes that are so beautiful and so extra. And, you know, she's one of those people that you watch her Instagram stories and you think, like, we would be friends in real life. I could dig it. I could dig it. And, uh, you know, I just know the city of Chicago in general has a lot of good cake. Uh, I spent a few days there, uh, you know, on tour in between tour dates. And every time I make sure that I try one of the local bakeries and, you know, people might say deep dish pizza or hot dogs or the meatball sandwich, but really the cake that that's what really takes it uh, without a lack of a better word, no pun intended. Uh, are there any people that you'd like to give a shout out to before we close? Um, so I would give a shout out to my friend Mura, um, and her Instagram is burnt cookies by Mura. And she, uh, she has a bigger platform than I do, but she is hilarious. And I think we, what we share in common is that we're not afraid to be controversial and snarky in the form of baked goods. So cookies are her thing, which again, not my thing. Um, she's super talented and really engaging and fun last year and this year she hosted or she collaborated this huge, like secret Santa cookie elf exchange thing. Um, I didn't do it this year, but last year it was like a secret Santa thing. So I, you know, we had to make cookies and send them little baked goods and she organized that for like over a hundred people. Um, and so, yeah, just a great example of the ways that Instagram can be a positive community. And she really exemplifies like bringing people together and sharing her knowledge. Um, and she's just an awesome gal. Well, shout out to Mara. And this has definitely been such a great episode of Dreams Not Memes. And I learned a lot about the cake world as well as your journey in the therapy so thank you for your time and uh
Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for donation information, or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.